it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 584. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. We cannot. I'm Rockefeller. I'm Mokchan. And I'm Barry Mellon. <laughs> and if you notice behind Barry Mellon is a fireplace. That's where she throws all of her ritual sacrifices to keep you know, to stay as young and lovely and powerful giving as she is. Giving away my secrets, Ranma. Giving them away. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, you have to understand, Barry, as attractive as you are, people will line up to be honored to be sacrificed by you. I mean, it did actually happen in the MMO I'm part of, so you're not wrong. Oh, my uh, God. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Oh, my God. Let the The siren. Welcome, welcome. Let oh. the sympathize begin. Wait. No, I don't like that. No, no, no. Wait, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. Did you just say sympathize? That, that's yeah, what he said. But that is, that is a word that is shadow banned, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Barry, I, I'm just saying, you might not. You're in the sword after all. <laughs> I, 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 look, Barry, I, I, I'm just saying. I know simp is not a word in your vocabulary, and it's not a word that you like. But just imagine you going on stream and all these simps just show up and just throw bitties at you. I mean, I, I, yeah. okay, I'm not, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting back to streaming. Slowly but surely, slowly but surely. But I mean, we can, we can, let's talk about this in weekend day. You know, so we can move. Oh my God, I'm. Great, I'm closer. already broken. Anyway, mm. I know, 404 error. Oh, oh apparently we have some ads. I'm sorry about that, guys. All right. So, well, thank you so much for letting us know. Anyway, hi. All right. All right so please, please, please understand, before I get into the whole throwdown of the show, and this is something that I have talked about on the feed, on, on the stream, last month and January and February and all the... There will be commercials in mm-hmm. the stream. And I'm doing my best to keep them as minimum as possible. They should be 30 to 35 seconds. If it's more than that, I apologize, and I will make the proper changes as need be. If you sub to the channel, you will not get commercials. Simple as that. So, but if you are still getting ads and you are a sub, let me know, and I'll and I'll figure out what the hell is going on. So, that's basically what it is. So, you also got to understand... These commerc these su- the ads help pay the bills around here because running a stream ain't cheap, okay? <laughs> but for those of you who stick around, I greatly appreciate it because y'all the best, the best, the best, the best, the best, the okay, best. Somebody <laughs> somebody <laughs> uh, we might need to reset Ronda. Uh, no, 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 no. I I was referencing one of Mako Chan's favorite bands. I got the reference too, but I just hate that meme. Uh, well, I didn't want to just do it right behind each other. I figured I'd take a pause and then go back into it, you know, and so forth. 
yeah, for a second there, I thought I'd have to come up there with the, with the Vodkila and give you a hard reset. Oh, God. I mean, honestly, the way I was drinking over the weekend, the Vodkila has scattered me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear about this. Oh, well, there's not much to hear about, but I have a funny story, but I will tell about that. But, anywho, now that we've already officially derailed... Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 584, okay? And I'm going to ask anyway, because you probably already know, how is everybody doing tonight? I'm so friggin' tired. Meh. I'm a bit sleepy, but you know, the work goes on. Mm-hmm, I believe that. Okay, we are live tonight, week of April 11th, 2023, right here on Twitch TV. Remember, it is a you have seven days to file your taxes, so... Oh my god, why would you do that to people? Because... Cruel I'm, and unusual reminders. Because I'm petty, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> we are live here Tuesdays from 9 to 10.30 Eastern. You'll always find us here at twitch.tv slash anime jam session. We're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network, so you can always find us at vognetwork.com. And they also are on Twitch as well. You can find them at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. They kick things off on Sundays starting at 8 p.m. with the Bobby Blackwolf Show, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And come hang out in our Discord. Discord.com. No, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every channel is a part of the Voice of Geeks Network. Have their, every show is part of Vogue. Has a channel. So come through, hang out, and have a good time. So... Yeah, that, that, that's how we're going to do things. So, now that we got that out of the way with all the chaos and camaraderie and all that good stuff, and I want to say thank you to those who have uh, subbed to the channel. I greatly appreciate that, you know. You're loved. We're going to kick things off with how was your week? How was your day? Ari. Uh, well, you know, week mostly revolved around work and... uh yeah, the past couple of days I was working the overnight shift, which, mm. oh boy. I haven't done overnight since my days at uh, Starbucks, I understand. Yeah, at, overnight at Starbucks? What, have you worked with some like 24-7 Starbucks or something? Well, yeah, um, in Penn Station. That location is no longer oh, right, there. Right, yeah, right, that location right. is no longer there because of all the renovations. But there is a twenty-four hour Starbucks. Granted, it's twenty-three hours and I'd say fifty minutes because they take ten minutes to shut down the registers and start up a new day at three a.m. But you know, it is what it is. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was mostly just you know trying to recover, passing in and out during the day. And feeling like I've got getting nothing done. And uh, mm. what else is there? Oh, yeah. Like, it feels like I've forgotten which day of the week it is. I'm like, and you know, the past couple of days, they were so bad that well, so boring that I brought my Switch with me to work. Uh, I was just playing, you know, Stardew Valley in the office. Better you than me. Hmm. But I did get some good holiday pay on Easter. That's good. Mm -hmm. And uh, though I did have my traditional Good Friday steak and or ribs, mm -hmm. I went to Outback for them, and it was kind of a miss. 
Don't you normally go to Outback? Outback? Uh, I don't know what it was, but it just came up short that day. Hmm. Okay. And, yeah, there were so many better, like, there's, like, other and better steakhouses near me, and, like, people were asking me about, like, this one and that one, and this one one, there's one really nice one called The Pub, which is, a. Uh, I may have spoken about it before. Super nice, but also super expensive. Yeah, that that's the thing. It's like, you know, like every Saturday I like I order takeout, you know, my way to give back to the community. So mm-hmm. and it's like I wanna order a steak and I and I check out the steak houses and I'm just like fuck, I'm ordering from Outback. But mm-hmm. you have to understand I get a tasting for a steak maybe once a year or twice a year, if that. And it's usually like steak salad or steak something not just a standalone steak with a potato and all of that like mm-hmm. last year at castle point there's an outback right there i got a steak this year i'm probably going across the street to b-dubs you know mm-hmm. yeah and but uh you know other than that it's just been really slow <laughs> Ugh, careful me. but uh yeah, here's the hoping that, you know, things will start going better. I won't be on the Midnight 4. I'm not scheduled on Midnight 4 a long time unless, you know, I get called in for overtime. Mm, I, I totally get that. I'm um, just having some tea, by the way. See, now, um, Bonds of the Success, there's a P.F. Chang a block from me. Never had him. See, now, here's... They're good. Pretty good. Now, here's my thing. The fact that there is a P.F. Chang in New York City. Thousands of Bruh. Chinese restaurants and there's a P.F. Chang's. <sighs> Much more cost efficient ones. That, see, the, uh, that, 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 I kind of like the same way with Panda Express. You know, I want to see more of them because, you know, fast food Chinese sounds good, but I don't want them to come at the expense of the the typical local, you know, f- independently run Chinese restaurant is well, always just fucking bang on. Now, here's the thing. Granted, you could go to a local Chinese restaurant and get it for about the same price, if not less. But they're making it fresh right in front of you. But at mm-hmm. the same time, yes, P.F. Chang's is a chain. Some of them might be franchised. So it kind of goes either or. You're either helping a family feed their kids or you're helping a single parent, this or that. It's like either or. And let's say you prefer to go to the local Chinese restaurant. Do that. Because somebody else will go to P.F. Chang's and buy from them. Let them. Let them. So. (laughs) And now I've started to crave Chinese. So thank you for that. Look, I was craving it Sunday, and it was just like, I'm already un- I'm already in my pajamas. Do I want to get dressed and walk three blocks? No, I ordered from I ordered uh from somewhere else. So you know, God. <laughs> <sighs> Mako Chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, not bad. Uh, yeah, basically, I um. Well, I, I I was getting over having pink eye. Um, figured out last weekend. Uh, we ended up getting a door last weekend um, for 
the uh, entryway so that the front room and the living room actually are separated. Mm -hmm. So I was sanding that down so that it would actually close and be flush. Right. I'm assuming some of that got into my eye and then I ended up with pink eye. And before we continue, that's basically the reason why we didn't do a show last week. Because as you all know, from time to time, Ari will have to work the midship. And if that's the case, it'll either be me and Mako or me, Mako and Barry or Wild Spice, depending on which week it is and who's available. But Mako was got pink eye and I said to her, let me know how you feel by six. Again, we do this for the fun of it. She wasn't feeling up for it. Which is why we didn't do a show last week. So glad y'all understand. And you're back with us for more chaos. Yeah, Tuesday was, um, I, I caught it early enough that, you know, it didn't go full blown, which thankfully, I, I you know, that's gross. Mm. Uh, Tuesday was my grossest day. So I'm just like, no, this is gross. I can't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that and, uh, you know, just getting ready for Easter. Um, I basically did absolutely nothing, which was amazing. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I kind of wish that I had gotten more sleep. Yeah. But other than that, um, you know, because I don't sleep as it is. Um, other than that, everything was fine, and it was a good week. Oh, that's good. Barry, how was your week? How was your day? How was your month? Uh, okay. Well, I guess, um, it's been, um, pretty uneventful. I've been doing some background work because there's just a lot of things that I want to do. And there's some projects that I have to confirm before I can kind of move on with other projects. And so it's just been kind of like a mixed bag. Um, I also have been dealing with some, um, corporeal things that have made it a little rougher to try and get things done. But in general, um, been working really, really hard and trying to get a lot of stuff done. For those who've been following the channel for a while, you can see that um, obviously the 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 uh, location that I have found myself, it's a much cozier looking castle. And um, I've definitely set up a nice little uh, cove here, a little cave for myself. So I'm, I'm quite pleased with how it's, it's turning out. So um, basically you caught a good deal during this pandemic on a, on a new, <laughs> on a new castle. <laughs> on a castle, yeah, you know, um, you know, you, dreams, uh, maybe dreams, but sometimes you, you're able to catch one. And um, when you can, you know, well, you, you got to work really hard. <laughs> so true. But yeah, um, basically, uh, it's just been kind of like doing a lot of mm, improvements and, and learning. Uh, there's a lot of technology stuff that I've been kind of teaching myself and it's a little harder um, because I'm not, I'm not an audio engineer. I'm not a visual uh, engineer, 3d engineer, anything like that. So it's, a lot of it is teaching it myself. And also like um, I, I've been trying to post more videos and things of that nature um, mm -hmm. for my community and, and it's, you know, when you're not uh, as versed in film or uh, video editing, it, it's it's a learning process. And you take a way, way, way more time to do, like, simple things that I know that a professional could probably do in two or three minutes. It takes me, you know, 15 to 20. And and it's all a process, I think. At, at the same, you know, the same time, I'm, I'm happy that I'm learning these things because it, it helps me to become a better creator. 
um, and about our little dream demon. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it's, it's just a lot of learning on the job and you know how that goes. Yes, I do. But, uh, yeah, in general, it's been, um, I don't know. It's been kind of, it's been like busy, but not like, mm, how do I, it's like busy, but it's not like, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. It's been busy, but it's been not like hard busy. It's just been like learning a lot of things. Mm, I hear that. Mm-hmm. All right. So my weekend day has been basically, you know, usual work, so on and so forth. You know, I had Friday off because of Easter. So went went to go see the Super Mario Brothers movie, full decked out as Luigi and and as always, I go into the movie with zero expectations, no matter how well I know the source material. This movie exceeded my expectations and then some. I absolutely love it. Got home. That's good. I got home. I pre-ordered the CD soundtrack. I pre-ordered the vinyl soundtrack. And I was able to track down a digital copy of the soundtrack. Oh, jeez. Let me tell you, the main reason why I did it was for the background music alone, because I was able to identify 90 to 95% of all the background music. It was from Super Mario Brothers 1, Super Mario Brothers 3, and Super Mario World, and I thought it was great. So, I will say one thing. Without Given spoilers, the way Mario defeated Bowser, if you could do that in the video games, it would be so easy. So, so easy. And, and that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I had some issue with how Bowser was portrayed, but given how his character is in the video games, it's understandable, and I will not go into that, because, again, that will be a bit of a spoiler. So I'm just going to leave it at that. So, Saturday, I had went over to a friend's house. Uh, he was having, a friend flew up, him and his partner, and they had like a birthday party at a friend's house. This was one, the friend's house I was at. This is the person I was building the DDR PC for. So, I finally got it up there, and we all hung out, and we had all kinds of mixed drinks. And I'm talking, people were mixing drinks to who have never mixed drinks before, and you're saying, surprise me. <laughs> I like these people. Now, now here is a, a a funny story. Now, we've probably all been there where a friend is talking to you about somebody and they mention their name and you're thinking of another person with the same name and you're just like, "Wait, you're gotten this all confused." So, my friend sat down with me. He's like, "Yo, let me talk to you about something." I was like, "What's up?" And he goes, I've noticed you have been tagging MJ a lot in your posts. And I'm just like, yeah, what about it? Now, you have to understand, I know four MJs. Three of them use those initials. Two of them use those initials on Facebook. So I was able to figure out who he was talking about in a way and he's like look and and, I, and, the, and the conversation was going as if 
I was flirting with her, trying to get her attention, and I was just like, uh, no. So I had to break up my phone and show him the other MJ. I'm just like, no, I'm tagging her. And he's like, oh, okay, I see you. You got to tell me. And I'm just like, do you see these posts? Do you see these Sailor Moon posts? Do you see the people that are tagged with her? Do you see these cat posts? Do you see the people that are tagged with her? I'm like, if I'm going to tag the other MJ, they would be Loki and Disney themed. When was the last time you see me uh, a, a Loki or Disney themed meme or anything on my Facebook? I think he gets it. But I understand. But the fact that he was assuming that I was trying to get involved with somebody, I was like, yeah, it's not that you're overstepping the line, which I didn't think he was. It was more like, yeah, you're kind of digging in the wrong hole there, dude. So. And Bonds006 says, yeah, same names can create unintentional conflicts on social media. I try my best to avoid tagging others. See, I have never, I think once I could cause an unintentional conflict. This was about six years ago. I tagged the wrong Liz on a wrestling post and that person got offended and unfriended me even after I said this was an accidental post. Now, as for Mako, when I tag her, there have been times I've accidentally tagged another person and I'm just like, God damn it, Facebook, because it's either I accidentally tagged the wrong person or when the tag went through, Facebook swapped it at the last minute. So Yeah, um... Uh, Saya and I um, happened to share the same first name. Yep. So uh, we're always getting different posts than what we should, especially since we're both into Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. So the occasion that I get, um, you know, something with the cutesy Neptune and Uranus or something like that, I know it's not me. <laughs> and I just comment with the other person's name and go, this was for this person and not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's when he goes, son of a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out the way, let's get into some uh, housekeeping notes here. Um, did I mute this by accident? No, I did not. Thank God I did not. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Housekeeping. Uh, let's see. Let me pull up my notes here real quick. My apologies. Uh, don't forget, uh, episodes of Anime Jam Session are available on YouTube Thursdays at 12 p.m. Uh, YouTube.com slash Anime Jam Session. Click on Podcast VODs and you'll see Podcast 2023. It's all there in writing, so please enjoy those. Uh, and our next round of conventions coming up, uh, let me pull this up, this list up back again, uh, is Kograkan, and I believe, actually, no, I think Castle Point is our next convention, April 29th to the 30th, and I also believe that Kograkan is is May 6th, both are in Jersey, Castle Point's at the Meadowlands Expo Center in Secaucus, New Jersey. And Kogura Khan is at uh, Middlesex Community College. 
So definitely swing by and check out those shows. And and um, let's see what else is going on here. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention. There's going to be another anime convention in New Jersey called Anime NJ. It's going to be comprised of a some people that worked on Anime Next, so you know where my faith is on that. And the f- interesting part is, it is still 10 minutes from New York on the Rockland County side. And it's sponsored by Media Blasters. Well, at least one thing's for sure, there will be a hentai room. <laughs> you laugh, but let me tell you, you go to a Media Blasters booth, the majority of the stuff is their hentai, and they don't really discount it, and they're usually sold out by the end of the weekend. Yeah, I know. Mm. Whoever says sex doesn't sell has never been in this fandom. Anywho, moving right along here, we're going to get into, um, let's see. You know, I actually forgot to put this on, on the outline because I deleted it by accident. So I'm going to put it back real quick. We're going to get into Geek Roundtable. This is the part of the show where we talk more about our geekier aspects of our life, like cool geeky stuff we have been up to. So, and stuff that we want to share. So what do you have today there, um, Ari? Uh, like I said, I had picked up, I got back into Stardew Valley on the Switch like this, the past couple of days, but uh, and like I said, since it was just so dead and there was nothing to do on the overnight shift, mm-hmm. even on Easter when like we were scrambling to find people to, uh, you know, to actually come in and work, I like spent good chunks of time just plowing through the first two months, and uh, I even deleted my old save on it because you know I, I, you know, I, I got like super far in it, you know. I guess you want to call it post-game stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, I just completely got out of the rhythm of it, of what my farm was actually supposed to be doing. So I was like, eh, just fine, to start new. No big deal. I mean, I, I still love the game. No, that's good. Huh. All right, I dropped it. Get back. All right, uh, let's see. What else do we have here? All right, what is that you're showing off there, Mako? Uh, yeah, so uh, a couple months back, um, the ladies at uh, Starlet Creation were doing um, giveaways on their site of things that they had made. Um, so this happens to be one of them. Mm-hmm. It is a 3D printed dragon pen holder. Um. I like it because the filament that they printed it in and because it's not finished, you can actually see the printing grooves on it. Mm-hmm. It actually gives it a very wood-like um, texture and look. Uh, so I really, really like it. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm showing off my my little dragon. Cool, that's nice. And depending on the angle, it just looks like a big old bong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. See, it, it is not. It is not a smoking implement. <laughs> I usually do put my pen in there, though. 
I just figured it would probably be best not to have that on screen, so I chose an actual pen. Mm. <laughs> Good save there, Mako. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, sometimes I actually do use the little bit of tissue that is between my ears. <laughs> All right, Barry, what have you been up to? Oh, well, I mean, a lot of the projects that I've been working on are um, trying to, I, I mean, I, I had a fashion show in February, so I've been mm -hmm. kind of recovering from that and then um, getting ready. Uh, I should be showing back up at AUSA at the end of this year. Okay. The theme for that show is Isekai. I don't know if I will be, if I will be following the theme or not, but I do know that uh, chat before I took my hiatus, my break was very focused. I think we, <laughs> I think we had full three full streams, literally just talking about Isekai and what it was. Um, and like trying to, to, uh, classify it and talk about the different types and all that stuff. And like what a Western isekai is, but basically, um, I'm getting ready to start on that collection. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's a, a little bit of that and just kind of, you know, like figuring out projects to get passionate about. I've also been going out and touching a lot more grass lately and getting more vitamin D. So for those, um, for those lovely lovelies in chat, mm -hmm. if you have been feeling kind of low or like you need a little bit of a mood boost, definitely go outside, get some fresh air and stuff. I've been doing yep. a lot more walking, like reflective walking, which I find very, um, it's not like it's not like for self care or anything. It's just something I know that lifts my mood, mm -hmm. and I know um, I don't know. It's been like a really really weird rough last few months. So it's definitely been uh, like trying to find things that are like little bits of happiness throughout like the week or the day, and like just kind of boosting your own mood. Be that however you know, like you find those things. And for me, it's like walking. There's like a there's like a swing set um, that's in the area I'm in and uh I like to just walk down there. I know it's like <laughs> creepy little demon chibi walking down <laughs> doing swing set. Yeah, and, but uh, but but um like, yeah, hang out. We but, just, and then we we're discussing it ourselves and we turn away and we look over there and there is a little chibi demon on the swing set swinging back and forth. See, but you gotta understand something. If the chibi demon is dressed in a school uniform, nobody's gonna pay the child any mind because oh this is normal. And go about your day. And go about your day. Yeah, you know, just a casual, casual demon on the swing set, and the the un, you know unnerving like squeaking back and forth. You just don't <laughs> don't don't mind that. Don't mind that. Exactly. Okay. All right. So let's see. For my geek roundtable, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I finished Jujutsu Kaisen after forgetting about it for about two, three years because I got anime ADD half the time. So that's yeah. done. I started on D4DJ Full Mix. It kind of has a bit of a love life feel to it with the plot, but it goes in its own direction and it brings in a lot of familiar elements from Bang Dream, which I'm really enjoying right now. So... I hope to have that series done by tomorrow because I've been kind of binge watching it like maybe two, three episodes a night, give or take. And then I want to, you know, kind of do that to catch up with my with my winter 2023 titles and stuff like that. So that's all said and done. 
Um, let's see what else. If you haven't noticed, I actually have a brand new microphone and arm because for some reason, in one of my other uh, Discord chats, they they are saying they could not hear me and the mic was low. So, flop swapped all that out. Ran into that same issue earlier. I cranked up the gain, and I'm going to test out the old microphone. See, I wondered that was the issue the entire time because I know for a fact I did not change that at all. So, we'll see. Because that's the difference between a hundred dollars. <laughs> but um, but I will when I do the playback, I will hear how it sounds. Because if honestly, if the vocals are about one and the same. I'm just going to put that back. And as Bonzable 6 references back to Barry's uh, chatting, uh, you mean there's not enough isekai, right? I'm all about the isekai, but no more trash art online, really. And Barry, if you want to do if you want to do isekai controversy, show up as friggin' Kagome from Inuyasha. Because people are arguing that's a that's an isekai, and I'm just like, no, it is not. See. <laughs> I mean, by the definition, by the legal definition of a reincarnation isekai, it is. But here's the thing. Kagomi was never reincarnated. She just fell down the damn well. And it's the same timeline. It's not Kagome that was reincarnated, though. Yeah, but that's just it. Let's say she fell down and was reincarnated as Kikyo. <laughs> yes, isekai. Uh -huh. But... Oh, because they both exist in the same right. timeline, you mean? Yes. Ah, it could be like a version. It's one of those things where you're starting to cut hairs. Yeah, I would yeah. say Escaflone is, is Isekai. Because that's but, a... Um, I mean, yeah, yeah it would yeah. also be like Sailor Moon. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I got an idea. I got an idea, Ichigo. You could cosplay as Tanya von Doigenscharf. Who is that? Uh? From uh, Yojo Senki, Saga of Tanya the Evil. I don't think I've seen that one yet. I'm sorry, Ari. Okay. Oh, it's, so, uh, hang on. I'll post the links to yeah, the Yeah, yeah, post, 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 post the description or the, the, the name in chat, because that is a very long name. Not, oh, not, is that the, uh, anyway, anyway. But, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, it's one of those things where, like, once you start cutting hairs, there's see, so many that, no, like, are. But, but, but here's. It's but, not isekai. They're isekai adjacent. Yeah, because he, here's the thing. Now, even if Inuyasha is isekai. It's considered shonen before anything else, and I had a discussion yeah, with somebody. Shonen, yeah, but here's like, no, 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 no. But yeah. it would be just shonen, you know, because that's because of the artist. And what's interesting, this one person tried to tell me that isekai is not a genre. I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? No, it's totally a genre. I'm <laughs> like, there are librarians who will sit down and school you and tell you otherwise. Now, to go back to yeah. our chat here, Omnia Style asks, is Escalfone an isekai? Yes, because she ends up in a different dimension. Serenity 410A mm -hmm. says, what about Usagi? Sailor Moon is not an isekai. If anything, it would, be, an isekai. it would be kind of like a reverse isekai, kind of, because Chibiusa is coming from the future. But then yeah, again, from the future to the, the fut past. Yeah, the future so. has not been set, so you know. So I, I have a question for you. Oh shit! Oh god! Oh shit! Is Doctor Who an isekai? Uh, no. No! No! Wait! 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 It's a reverse isekai because he is not from our world. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would say if ah. it is, if it is in within the isekai genre, it would be a reverse isekai because he's an alien coming to Earth. But I mean, well, because you've got like Lum Invader, and and you've no, got no, like, no, 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 Lum is a shonen. That's a shonen. Ninety nine percent of what Rika Takahashi does is shonen. No, 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 I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm just joking about like anime that's all about and uh, aliens coming to Earth. But anyway, um. But yeah, uh, I mean, we can go off on this all day, yep. but I feel like we have a bunch of articles to get to. Yes, yes, we do. And Buzz06 says, I think I saw your post on Mutual F book Facebook pages, Ronma. Most likely. I, I had to sign myself out of that post because I'm like, I'm arguing with people about what Isekai is at 8 o'clock in the damn morning at a con, and I hadn't had my coffee, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna oh, no, bow out. You didn't out. have your coffee, Ronma. What are you doing? Who let this Who let this man out without his coffee? Like you just can't. Can't it's, take you anywhere, Ronma. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm such a terrible person. But anywho, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> let, 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 anywho, let's get into our first topic of tonight about an etchy anime live broadcast. It seems that the voice actress in this anime was upset of something that had happened. Now. It's a normal thing where they will do like a mini tour of the anime, meaning the the voice actors and actresses will kind of do a tour of like certain cities and talk about the series and do reads and so forth. But sometimes it can kind of get bit into a gray area. Now, I've heard of this anime and I didn't think it was etchy. I just thought it was fan servicey from a couple of the screenshots, but it just wasn't my... I won't say it's not my cup of tea, I just... Eh. If I watch it, I watch it. I'll get around to it. And the series we're talking about is My Life as Inokai Sans, Sans Dog. So there was a suggestive scene from the anime that visibly disturbed a member of its cast on live TV. And also... They will do. They will interview the voice actors, actors on live TV, talking about the series as well. So, this is what happened. The production team for My Life as Inakai San's Dog recently held a live promo featuring the main cast. The show relies heavily on sexual humor. Penny and stalking anyone. <laughs> One included a scene showcases the main character Usagi. Sukishiro, not Tsukino, but Sukishiro, stimulating herself against a table. Ah, uh, yeah, table, John. Mm. Sukishiro's voice actress, Yuri Ko Kozakai, showed visible discomfort as this scene played out, occasionally laughing nervously or staring with a shocked expression on her face. Now... The broadcast prompted strong reactions on Japanese social media sites, with many speaking up to defend the voice actors who had to watch the scenes in front of a live audience. One person pointed out that certain voice actors are not proud of the work on shows like that, which they deem one step away from a true hentai, which is why some voice actors and actresses use pseudonyms for adult materials. In their statement, they also drew attention to the fact that many voice actors use different stage names for regular anime than they use for hentai, as I just said, presumably due to embarrassment from taking on such a role. Fair. 
My life as Inukaya-san's dog started out as a manga by Gosei Furukawa, better known as Suits. The series debuted on Kodansha's manga magazine pocket website back in August of 2020, but has changed publications multiple times over the years. The series' current home is monthly manga Kichi, which it moved to in January 2023. The manga's plot revolves around a boy who mysteriously transforms into the dog of his classmate, Karen Inukai. Living life as Pochita, the boy discovers a whole new side of Karen, who is quiet and reserved at school, but openly dotes on Pochita at home. Furukawa wrote this series as a comedy with a particularly strong emphasis on erotic humor. Studio Quad's anime adaptation premiered this January of this year. It kind of remind this kind of reminds me of the whole thing between Akane, Pichan, and Ranma, kind of sorta, of, you know. Alongside Yuri Kozakai, the anime also stars Saya Aizawa, who was uh, in Mushiko Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, and Shuchiro Umeda, who worked on um, ZOM 100, Bucket List of the Dead, as Karen Inukai and Pochita, respectively. Additional cast members include Mayu Sagara, who is in Love Live Nijigasaki High School Idol Club, as Mike Nekotani, and Aya Yamamoto, and who is in Leviathan The Last Defense, as Pochita's mother. The series director, Takashi Ando, has served as episode director for several popular series, including Attack on Titan, Sorcerer, Stabber, Orphan, Vinland Saga, and The Prince of Tennis. So, now, I will say this. When you're in the booth by yourself, you're a lot more relaxed. You see the what's coming up. So, it's okay to get into that. Even though the directors are watching, but they're not directly watching. They're just, like, making sure that everything is okay. And then the playback, yeah. I mean, for example, uh, this was Big Apple Anime Fest 2000, I believe. I for, I think it was New Tech Media Digital, New Tech Digital. They were doing hentai. And what they were doing was they were actually getting adult actresses to dub the roles. And they had a premiere for one of them. And the adult actress actually walked out because she was so embarrassed by what she saw and heard her character do, which I do understand, you know? So, that's a little, that's a little, some might say it's hypocritical or ironic, but, you know, sometimes it's like, when you see it come back to you, you're just like, wow. I don't know about you, but when I was in high, when I was in elementary school, we did a lot of plays and stuff like that. And from time to time, when we would get older, they would show us like what we did in second or third grade. And some of us found it funny and some of us found it a little bit embarrassing. Also, in a way, it's no different from if your parents showed off photos of you as when you were younger or video. Because at the time, it was cute. You kind of knew what was going on. But then you, as you're older, you're just like, please don't do this. Please don't do this. You know, it's like that, you know, so. It's it's a it's a it's a little it's a little crazy it's a little chaotic so you know hopefully from this they will kind of learn not to do this again or if they do pick a different scene. All right, so we are going to move right along to our next story. Um, I believe that belongs to Ari. Let me double check here. Uh. No, it belongs to Barry. My apologies. 
Because he's right. Because totally also, okay. Totally well, okay. Well, I also, know that Ari and I are both big fans of Scott Pilgrim. So, so. am I. So am I. Yep. Also, one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing I forgot to mention during Geek Roundtable. I have the Sailor Saturn Ocean Bomb uh, sparkling water, and it's grapefruit are flavored. You, are you drinking it or? I'm going to right now. <laughs> Remember, I drink there you go, one. That sweet, sweet seltzer can ASMR. We'll yep. make a VTuber out of you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I drink a new one on the show every week. I just gotta find mm-hmm. this. I gotta find the uh, Pluto one. When I went pick this up, they, mm-hmm. they only had a uh, Saturn. Actually, that's pretty well, good. Um, Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for those of you who are Scott Pilgrim fans, um, you'll know that the lovely Canadian-based anim- uh, uh, graphic novel, mostly of Western origin, is actually mm. getting its own anime. And the anime is actually reuniting the original cast. Uh, Science Saru is officially set to animate a Scott Pilgrim anime that will reunite the 2010 film's original cast, which is wild to think that that first movie came out in 20. 20- 10 and it is 13 years old mm. well they were talking well they were talking about it for a while this was going to happen yeah yeah i know a lot of times nowadays it's really hard to get a completely new project that's based off of new source material that hasn't really ever been like properly translated into anime or, or something like that um and and get a, a you know a, a production company and all that stuff but as announced by netflix the returning cast will include michael sarah as scott pilgrim mary elizabeth winstead as ramona flowers chris evans as lucas lee brie larson as envy adams and aubrey plaza as july powers mm. Abel Gungora will direct the series, Edgar Wright, the film's director, Brian Lee O'Malley, the original graphic novel series author, and Ben David Grabinski are credited as executive producers. Mm. Based on Brian Lee O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim graphic novel series, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, it follows a young musician who must battle his new girlfriend's seven evil exes while playing his way through battles of the bands. Science Saru has previously animated for Western titles like titles like Adventure Time and Star Wars Visions. Um, details on when it's going to air are yet to be revealed, but considering it's on Netflix, I'm sure that we'll get pretty regular updates. Um, whenever they have a pretty popular series, they're not very shy about trying to make money off of it, so I'm sure we'll we'll hear more often than not. Well, there are six books, in, you know, in in the series. I expect this to be either one season of twelve episodes or two seasons of like 10 episodes each or something like that. Uh, It'll be fun. I am kind of looking forward to it, but at the same time, I'm not because I'm not a fan of Michael Cera. I just think he's a terrible actor. And as Theo X 75 says, the movie still needs a sequel. I mean, if you can recast Scott Pilgrim, by all means do that. But at least the animate, the, the Scott Pilgrim anime we're going to get better character development and we'll get the real freaking ending. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I will watch it. I will definitely watch it. And who knows? Maybe I'll cosplay Scott Pilgrim again one more time. Maybe we'll get the band back together. Hey, oh, mm. I will say Michael will make a good Kim Pine though. But didn't didn't Mako already cosplay Kim Pine? I I like distinctly remember this. Um, I think the three of us walked around in somewhat 
cosplay. Like casual yep. costume, yeah. Because yeah. I do remember bringing Ramona somewhere. But yeah, I just it, it was Zenkai. And remember, Ari showed up as Stephen uh, Stills. The tail. Yeah, yeah, tail. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I guess we'll have to do it again. And my friend Tori will show up as um the Bifurious Evil X. <laughs> I, honestly, in real life, I think her and Barry would get along just fine. They'd be awesome. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Uh, moving right along. Uh, now, this was talked about on Orange Lounge Radio this past Monday, and 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 they talked about how this lawsuit kind of covered different uh gamuts, and it falls into the anime gamut, and I'm just like. Are you kidding me right now? I understand protecting your trademarks, but this is a little bit too much. So, Ari, tell these people what I'm talking about. Who oh boy. Yeah. Hang on, let, let me bring it up. Like, minimize the wrong window. <clears throat> Been there, uh, done Pokemon that. Pokemon and Monster Hunter named in trademark complaint filed by Monster Energy. Yeesh. So according to automation, the popular energy Trump energy drink company Monster Energy had filed a complaint with the Japanese trademark and patent office asking them to cancel the trademark registration for over 130 companies with the word monster in it. As Pokemon is the abbreviated name for Pocket Monsters, <clears throat> Pocket Monsters XY and Sun and Moon were both named. They also named another video game franchise Monster Hunter. Monster Energy claims customers might have mistaken Pokemon XY to be part of their Monster Energy trademark. I have no fucking idea what they how they could do that. Why I did can't I just read that. I, I, I can't see that either. I can't. Ultimately, the trademark and patent office refused their complaints, saying no, no confusion would occur. I we don't know if they said fucking duh at the end of it, but we have to assume that they did. Mm. Uh, they also went after uh, a smartphone app called Monster Strike, which the uh, the, the, compl the complaint specifically targeted the abbreviation MONST. Again, how could people make this mistake? They must have some real shicey lawyers working for them. The company claimed the Toronto Raptors logo, with which depicts a red basketball with the Velociraptor's claws ripping through it, which. And because they said it was too close to the M, and I'm having a fucking headache right now. Uh, okay, they actually were successful in 2020 of April against Ubisoft Entertainment. Due to Monster Energy's uh, trademark dispute, Ubisoft was forced to change the name of Gods and Monsters to Immortal Phoenix Rising, spelled F-E-N-Y-X, like we're playing Final Fantasy 3 on the SNES again. See, but you gotta understand something. It's okay because it's Ubisoft. It's the French. They roll over for anyone. <sighs> but yeah, I had only just heard about the lawsuit itself you know, like a day ago. Even mm -hmm. Before that, I, were see I was seeing memes of uh, you know, people not taking it, fun they take it seriously like the one of uh, like two guys laughing and labeled po Pokemon and Monster Hunter, you know, laughing and then beating the guy speaking. I'm like, oh, like, 
did they legit think they were going to get away with this? I you mean, see, it's one thing to be proactive about your trademarks. And some c- people hate it when companies do that because they have to protect the trademark and the IP because if they don't, they can lose it. It has happened before. I know. Monster so- Energy is doing this because it's free advertisement. Oh, of course. How could. That's why they're doing it. The fact that they're actually winning some of them is not even what they're looking at. They're doing it because it is ridiculous, and as we're doing, it gets talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. The only reason why they do it. Yeah, I know somebody who ran our burlesque troupe. She lost the name trademark. Things like this happen. Now, it's another thing if people are contacting the company saying, are these two products related? Now, if that was me and I'm running the company, I would say no. I'd reach out to that company and be like, let's collaborate. Let's make some more money. Just saying. I mean, I think Monster and Capcom would have made would have printed money if they collaborate with Monster Hunter. That, I think that would have been friggin' awesome. But that's just me. You get a lot of monster-themed skins in-game. Yeah. Or instead of the M, it could be a different creature with the M low. It could work. But no. <sighs> I mean, I get, But Mako is right. I get that. But I'm just... This is basically the short and quick and fast way to make money. Spend $50,000 on a lawsuit, return on investment, $2.5 million because of the publicity. Joint collaboration, $150,000. You still do $2.5 million. The less effort is route to way to go to make more money to fatten your pockets. Such bullshit. Anyhow. I am going to turn things over to Mako-chan because she's going to tell us about some cool animes that are turning 50 this year. Yeah, I saw this and uh, just had to really comment on it, uh, mainly because some of these I know by sight. Mm-hmm. These I know by name, and some of them just flew right over my head. <laughs> Um, But this is 10 anime, and that could be anime series or anime movie that happened to be turning 50 this year. Um, So number 10 is The Adventures of Koro Bokal. And what this anime was, um, it's a children's series focusing on a human, A.J. Santa, and three gnomes, Bokuru, Koskos, and Love Love. And while the original Japanese airings may be hard to locate, with some actually considering it lost to time, the series became super popular in Italy. Mm. And so it's actually found online under its Italian title, which is Glinomi del Montag. Which, you know, not for nothing is uh, kind of fun. 
Um, but they're also, uh, because of the way that it is, um, with an emphasis on nature, childhood whimsy, and lightheartedness, um, Adventures of Corbocal is cited as laying the foundation for future Studio Ghibli films. Hmm. And then for number nine, we have Little Wansa. Uh, this is a story of a, puppo- a puppy named Wansa who searches for his mother after being sold for some measly pocket change. Wow. Uh, it's a 26-episode run with the first 21 episodes just being, you know, kind of lighthearted. And then the final five take that dramatic turn as the puppy tries to find his mom. Um, this was created by the quote-unquote god of anime, uh, Asuma Tetsuka. And Wansa uh, started out as a simple mascot for Sanwa Bank, who was a major company at the time. And while the manga series was never completed, the story arc in the anime was uh, finished. Number eight is Microid S, also known as Microid Z. It is another work from Asuma Tetsuka. Um, it tells the story of three microids or mm. insect-sized humans that set out to save humanity after their enslavers vow to wipe out pollution-causing humanity. Oh. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's a, basically the trio escapes from a, a desert nest in Arizona seeking peace-loving scientists in Japan. Hmm. <laughs> so this was actually proposed to Asumu uh, by an early version of Toy Animation. And they asked for a small hero to contrast against heroes who only get bigger. So, you know, that was kind of cool. Number seven is Doron and Makun. Dororon Dororon and Makun, also known as Satanicus is the story of a hot-headed and perverted Enma, the nephew of the Judge of Hell. Sounds like somebody that works for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He is sent to Earth by his uncle to arrest demons who have escaped Hell, but usually ends up killing them instead. Uh, Potato, potato. Yeah, this was one of Gonagi's most popular works in Japan and is a pillar of the horror comedy animation. Um, yeah, so, uh, they are, they did actually, um, do a remake of this in 2011, uh, which was more in line with a suspense horror than the original comedy horror. Number six is Aim for the Ace, which is about Hiromi Oka, a high school girl who was trying to become a better tennis player. So here you go. They actually were doing, you know, lovely sports anime 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next, which is actually one that I know and enjoy, yep. is uh, uh, Kashan. Some people call it Kashern. Depends, it depends on. Yeah, it depends on the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it depends on what title, but this is Kashan, also known as Neo-Human Kashan, um, which is a story about an android with human consciousness who hunts and destroys the robots that have, that have taken over the world. Um, they have gone through 
very, very many mm -hmm. incarnations of this series and this character. Um, they've done live actions. Uh, they just did the Cashier and Sin, which was the latest movie. Um, and that that was fucking bleak. It, it <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one of those way too serious. Holy crap, series. Is it um, just as bad it, as Japan Sinks 2020? Yeah. Um, oh. But um, Kashan is actually created by uh, Tatsu Yoshida, who does Speed Racer and Gachaman. Um, Belladonna of Sadness is our number four. And this is an adult anime film that tells the story of medieval French woman Jeanne who goes through multiple atrocities and eventually makes a pact with the devil to extract revenge. Burned at the stake as a witch, Jean's vengeful spirit infects the onlookers and eventually sparks the French Revolution. And again, this is a movie, um, and this is done by um, Asuma Tatsuka. Number three, which I think we all know, is yep. Cutie Honey. Honey Flash! <laughs> Um, so Cutie Honey is the story of a girl, uh, Honey Kisaragi, whose father is murdered, revealing that she is an android with the ability to transform into a superhero, Cutie Honey. In school, Honey is a class clown, and during battle, she frequently taunts her enemies. Um, so it is, uh, uh, Cutie Honey is described by creator Gonagi as the first shonen with a magical girl protagonist. Um, some aspects of the show have aged poorly, but the title is still cited as an innovator for the magical girl genre. Mm. Number two is Mazinger Z versus Devilman. This was a crossover movie for two of Gonagi's popular properties, Mazinger Z and Devilman. In the film, they battle it out over simple miscommunication, but then come together to beat a bigger enemy. Mm. And they vow to remain friends. And number one, which is one of the most popular series in Japan, yep. is Doraemon. So this series is still ongoing. Um, it is, as I said, one of the most popular series in Japan. It is one of the highest grossing media franchises of all time and has the most animated movies listed under the same property in Japan. Doraemon is considered a cultural ambassador and is consistently used as a mascot for product and event promotions. What's interesting is years, like years ago, I had a TurboGrafx-16, a very underrated gaming console. And on this game, one of the games I had for it was called Crater Maze. You basically went around this maze digging holes, and you got power-ups to dig longer holes and stuff like that. And eventually, I ended up losing the Turbo... I think I lost the Turbo Graphics. I don't know what happened to it. But, you know, I came across it through emulation. And I found out that the game Crater Maze is based off of a um, Doraemon game. It's the same game, but they just changed the characters for an American audience. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. 
And as we're looking at the list here, Omnia Style says, aim for the ace. I saw that at, at Animazement back in the day. So. Dang. Yeah. Sometimes, this is another benefit of video rooms. You never know what you're going to stumble into. I think that, I understand nobody, the value in video rooms are going down due to availability and licensing and so forth, which I get. But I think it'd be kind of cool if you had like... A retro anime. Yes. Like one... Like nothing but, you know, maybe one room showing like really old original stuff like Mm. this stuff in the 50s. And then maybe one showing stuff from 25 years ago. Yeah. Like one room of like all 70s titles or and another room where it's just like all 90s titles. You know, that something like that would be cool, you know? I think a lot of people would enjoy that. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would get into series that they may not even know exist. Mm-hmm. And then watch them try to track down these series and you realize they're out of production. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a couple of those on my shelf. Make sure I am buried with my copy of Handmade May. <laughs> that reminds me, I still have to get the uh, Lupin and Conan crossover movies. Oh, by the way, High Dive is streaming the young uh, Lupin anime. Yeah, I think I had heard about that. I'll have to look into that. Granted, I'm looking it up on on eBay. The highest value of Handmade May box sets is like it's not much, like about forty dollars, give or take. The individual DVDs are going for like thirty bucks a pop. The import ones are going as high as eighty dollars. I think I paid forty five for mine about fifteen years ago, so I think I I got off. I got lucky. That, that's a series that was really good. I wouldn't mind them releasing it, doing a Blu-ray release of that. In a way, that would kind of motivate me to get rid of some of my anime DVDs and replace them with Blu-rays. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to get into our last story of the night. Something that I am basically happy about. Because you all know... Um, uh, let's see, who was it? George Carlin talked about, you know... Praising the sun or Joe Pesci, you know, as your God and Savior. Or if you've watched um, a Kevin Smith film, you know, a little one called Dogma, where you find out God is Atlantis Morris set. So, you know. <laughs> See, so I guess to me, Rumiko Takahashi is, is my God, or in this case, Goddess. And I'm perfectly okay with that. And I appreciate everybody who sent me links to this. I'm just like, trust me. I already know. <laughs> but the thing is, if you didn't hear, the mangaka, Rumiko Takahashi, creator of Ranma One Half, Irose Yatsura, Rine, Inuyasha, Mermaid Saga, Rumik Theater, and a few other titles, has been knighted by in France. The French government conferred the Chevalier de la Ordre de Arts et des Lettres, which translates to the Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters decoration on mangaka Rumiko Takahashi uh, last Thursday. Really cool. 
Takahashi received a decoration at the France Ambassador's Residence in Tokyo. Since making her debut in 1978, Takahashi has created such manga as Urusei Yatsura, My Sony Koku, Mermaid Saga, Rumik Theater, Ranma One Half, One Pound Gospel, and Inuyasha. In her career of over four decades, many of her works have become internationally popular and inspired anime and live-action adaptations. Takashi ended her rename manga in Weekly Shonen Sunday back in December 2017. The 40th and final compiled volume of the manga shipped in January of 2018. She launched a new series since called Mao in May of 2019. Takahashi was also inducted into the Harvey Awards Hall of Fame in 2021. She was similarly inducted into the Will Eisner's Comic Awards Hall of Fame in 2018. Rumiko Takahashi also received the Fall 2020 Medal with Purple Ribbon from the Japanese government. Other Japanese citizens who have received the French honor include mangakas such as Jiro Taniguchi, Leiji Matsumoto, Katsuhiro Ultimo, Akira Toriyama, Gon Nagai, filmmaker and actor uh, Takeshi Kitano, better known as Beat Takeshi, Studio Ghibli co-founder Isao Takahata, and video game designer Shigeru Miyamoto. So I think that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Definitely. Though with all the honors she gets, how... I wonder how she like reacts to it. Would you like, okay, another one for the pile? <laughs> no, she'll be up there, you know, and she'll talk about it while she's wearing her Def Jam sweatshirt, which I think is the most awesomest thing ever, you know? <laughs> All right. So now that we got that out the way, um, am I turning on the right volume here? Yeah, that's the right one. We're gonna get into the part of the show y'all really like. Uh, meanwhile, in Japan, so I want the first one. Well, oh, dang it. that was fast. <laughs> that well, was cool. trading card games. Of course, I'm gonna be all over that. That's fair. That's fair. That's definitely yeah. Um, okay, then I will take the uh, second one. Well, I plan on taking last one. I actually thought Barry would take the third one, but I think it's kind of precious, but, you know. Wait, what do you mean? Let me, uh... No, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. I like the, I like the second one. Alright, and I guess Mako takes the third one. Okay. Alright. Let me... I actually forgot to open up the soundboard. Let me drop that down real quick. And there we go. So let's go ahead and get into the first story. Take it away, Ari. An Akihabara card shop demands customers use deodorant or leave. A card shop in Akihabara viral on Twitter over the weekend for being blunt about hygiene to an almost confrontational degree. The Twitter account for the card shop, Trading Card vs. Akihabara announced on Saturday that employees will be stopping people who they subjectively deem smelly. Those who are stopped will have the choice of either apply some hygiene products provided at the store or be evicted from the premises. Mm. And you can see a link to the Twitter post. It, uh, it says the, the Febreze freshener spray is free, but the perfumes will cost tens, uh, 10 or 20 yen per dose. Mm. Why the methods? They, they explained that the stores received many complaints about the body odor of its customers. 
The store has a corner where the discount cards are on sale for as little as 10 yen each, and this area has become a lot more popular as a raid. Ah, the common, oh, the common bin. Mm -hmm. Reaction been varied, some have expressed sympathy for the owners, while others have commented with amusement that, of course, card game geeks would have hygiene issues. And, yeah, with the, uh, with the old tropes about, uh, you know, lots of gatherings of nerds being smelly and whatnot. I, right. I'm with the fucking, you know, shopkeepers on this. Mm-hmm. I don't want you stank, like, like, I don't want your stanking here ruining the mood for the, like, ruining the vibes in the fucking card shop, man. And it'll take it fucking forever to get your. Get the smell of your ass out of here. Yeah, and it and it goes double for the Smash Brothers players as well. Oh God! Like, let me put the let me put it in terms like this: either put on the deodorant, or I would cast cyclonic rip and wipe all of you out of this fucking store. See, this reminds. See, there's a link to the card in the uh, in the chat. See, that reminds me of the time that I got a hug from a cosplayer at Anime Boston one year because she said I smelled so good. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll... Look, I understand if you're at work and then you run over to... And then you go, I get that. But there's a difference between that and like going into the card shops and just idling around. No. Just because you pass by a game shop and you see the window steamed up, don't automatically assume it's because of the humidity that's inside the game shop, the game card shop. You know, <laughs> don't ass look. If you can spend all this money on trading cards and so forth, you can bust out two or three hundred yen on a on a small thing of speed stick. It's not expensive. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. That was the point, and I was kind of hoping somebody would catch it. <laughs> yeah, I got it. And for those of you who don't understand what I'm talking about, YouTube, read a book. That's it. It will generally be one of the first two or three research results. That's it. That's all you need to know. Read a book. All right. Let's see. Ah, it's Barry's turn. All righty. So, um, as far as my story, we are dealing with the obviously world's most elegant kickball game being held at the Kyoto Imperial Palace. Uh, and for those who've never been to Kyoto or never been to Japan, uh, Kyoto is the, like, capital. Uh, or used to, sorry, used to be the capital. And so it is very built up and has a lot of really beautiful, like, vintage areas um, that are full of nature and, like, just beautiful scenery and lots and lots of, there's, like, a whole section um, of the old school um, geisha and maiko culture. Uh, it's just a very beautiful area that's full of a lot of the arts and culture. So to give you a preface for this story, um, the Japanese Twitter user Yoshimura0303 was recently out and about in Kyoto when he stumbled across a kimari take game place, taking place. Kimari comes from the Japanese words keru, 
meaning kick, and mari, meaning ball, so the direct translation would be kickball. However, this wasn't the same kickball played by energetic kids in America who kick a rubber ball around a baseball field because they don't know have bats and gloves to play with. Kimari is a game that became so popular with Japanese aristocrats and members of the imperial court all the way back in the Heian period, or year 794 to 1185, and the Kimari game that Yoshimura 0303 watched wasn't being played in any old park, but at the Kyoto Imperial Palace. The game was part of a multi-day event organized by the Imperial Household Agency, introducing aspects of courtly life um, from the era when the mm. Imperial family still resided in Kyoto. In keeping with the historical context, the participants all dressed in formal attire from the Heian period, wearing traditional sandals, billowy hakama pants, kimono with luxuriously lengthy sleeves, and high-peak iboshi hats. Um, and, and it would be very at home in um, something like Spirited Away. Mm. Kimari is a cooperative game, most similar to Hacky Sack with the goal being to keep the rally going for as long as possible without the ball, which is made from deer skin, hitting the ground. As you can probably guess from Kamari's name, you're only allowed to kick the ball, not use any other part of your body. As an added piece of difficulty, you can only use your right foot, not your left, and that restriction makes proper positioning particularly important. Despite the stately attire of the aristocracy not being the easiest outfits to move around in. Reactions to the posts have included... So elegant. That looks really hard. It's like you went back in time. I wish I could have seen this in person. I want to try this myself now. Unfortunately for the last commenter, it's been several hundred years since Kimari was commonly played in Japan, so finding a neighborhood league isn't actually easy to do. On the other hand, as long as you're not a stickler for period authentic clothing and ball materials, putting together a game with friends shouldn't be too hard, especially since the non-competitive nature of Kimari means that you don't need a referee. Just be sure you're not playing somewhere where a bouncing ball is going to bother other people, especially if you're playing in manners-minded Kyoto. And again, yeah, Kyoto, since it used to be kind of a more formal area, it tends to be a little bit more strict when it comes to interacting in public spaces. So, you know, just mind your manners. And, and if you want to get involved with something like that, have fun. That's really cool. Now, this is a really precious story. I kind of want to play um, the song Graduation from DDR Extreme, but yeah, I'm not trying to get, get DMCA'd, so. <laughs> and while Mako-chan uh, talks about this story, I'm going to prep photos for y'all to take a look at on the stream. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> a 15-year-old girl who was the only student at her elementary and junior high school on a remote island in a Western ja uh, Western Japan city, uh, thanked her teachers, family, and locals as she graduated alone this spring. <clears throat> Located 15 kilometers off the coast of Kagawa Prefecture in Western Japan, the island of Oshima is part of the city of Margam, in the same prefecture. It has an area of 0.6 square kilometers and a coastline of about 3.8 kilometers and was home to 34 people as of March 1st. She lives in a Harvest Moon game. Yeah. <laughs> Though fishing is the main industry, the island faces an aging population and uh, 
this girl, Akino, is the only resident under the age of 18. <clears throat> Reflecting on her past nine years in school, she said, It all happened so fast. I'm just so grateful as I was able to enjoy my life. Uh, thanks to the support of my teachers, my family, and the people of the island. There are five teachers at the junior high school, and some of them played student roles so she could exchange opinions with others during class. Once a week, she also visited a junior high school outside of the island for exchange study. Over 60 people, including those from outside the island, participated in a sports day last June, and she took part in many of the events, including gymnastics, a relay, a dance, and a tug-of-war. She explains, It's usually just me, so there are times when I feel lonely, but I got to serve as the student body president and visited a lot of places as the school representative. So it was a good experience. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I, I guess she kind of had no choice in the matter for that. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the 58-year-old principal praised her, saying she is kind and sincere. She worked hard in her studies and showed amazing growth over the past three years. So the junior high school was established in 1914 as a branch of Tashima Elementary School. There were 91 students in the lower and middle schools at its peak in 1964, but the number gradually declined. The middle school closed in 2013 uh, when uh, Imanaka, who is this girl, uh, who her older sister graduated, but then reopened in 2020 when she entered. And it will close again after the 2023 academic year. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of crazy that, I mean, she's 15 and the youngest person on the island um, with nobody else in her class. That's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, because if you think about it, if this was, like, here in the States, they, they would have just shoveled her off to... Um, to another school while everything closed down. It is crazy, but I just think it was a really sweet thing that they did, you know? That's what you really call... That's take... at least sweet. I'm just... Yeah. You know, if it if it had been here um, and it was the distance that this is, because, mm -hmm. I mean, it isn't just, you know, a small distance from the mainland that she could go over there every day. Um, I'm surprised they didn't do just kind of like a homeschooling kind of thing for her mm -hmm. the fact that they completely opened up the school and had to you know light it and all of that i mean it gives her that school experience but that seems kind of i don't know it just uh, seems this, excessive this must be a super close-knit community for them to do this yeah it the saying is true it does take a village to raise a child yeah i mean i the fact that, you know, there are less than 100 people total living on the island. I mean, she's she's had to grow up with, you know, basically her sister as the next closest confidant mm -hmm. age. 
which I mean, yes, you get really close to, you know, your sisters and brothers when they're, you know, close to your age kind of thing. But the fact that like they couldn't go off to school and make other friends kind of forced them to be each other's friends. It's, I mean, just, just, it's mind boggling to think about. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, now we're going to get into our last story, our last Meanwhile in Japan story, and get up on out of here, because as you can see, we have overstayed our welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so our last story of the night is about how a convenience store clerk outsmarts the stupidest robber ever. So, shortly before 1 o'clock in the morning last Thursday, a man walked into a 7-Eleven branch in the Hizako neighborhood of Saitama City. He wasn't there to buy a rice-flavored popsicle. Oh, no, no, no. But he was disgusting. I know. Uh, but he came to rob the joint. That's not good. The man approached the cash register where a 56-year-old employee was working and brandished a hammer of some sort. That might not seem like the most intimidating weapon, but since convenience store clerks in Japan don't have weapons of their own stash under the counter, any item capable of causing bodily harm usually gives robbers the advantage in confrontations. Okay, fine. Unfortunately for the robber, though, he inadvertently gave up that advantage by giving the clerk out an out from his demand. The robber tells the clerk, give me your money. You've got money, right? The clerk said, we don't. It's that kind of a lie that seems like it should have seen through it instantly. A lot of convenience store customers paying cash, and even if the store had taken all that day's sales to the bank, there's always at least some cash in the register so that the store can make change for cash-paying customers. But either because of the robber's heightened emotional state, or because of a lack of understanding basic convenience store operations, he apparently truly believed that the store didn't have a single bill. So when the clerk <laughs> said that the store had no cash, the robber turned around and ran off. The police, wow. the police are now searching for the robber, who becomes the latest criminal to be thwarted by convenience store clerk words. Wow. If they were only as stupid here in the States. If that. Well, some people would fucking live stream themselves robbing a place or just, uh, you know, taking selfies or shit like that. So I, you don't know. Let me say this and then we're going to wrap it up. Live streaming has become a thing. People there. I don't know if you've been watching the news, but the last couple of serious incidents that have happened in the news in the last two weeks have been live streamed. There was another incident all the way up in in Buffalo where that was live streamed. And the thing is, it's just how sad it is. All you gotta do is pull out your phone, hit stream, and that's it. It's it's happening. People are live streaming this shit, and you know it's got to stop. But on the plus side, if you live stream it, it's not hard to find the person who did it and get them arrested. Uh-huh. I, IP addresses can be traced. 
So anywho, let's hurry up and get out of here and wrap up the show. Let me see if this uh, flipped itself around and... Alright, let's go ahead and get out of here. So, if you like tonight's show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So what we like and don't like, we're straight up telling you. So if you have any questions about tonight's show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com where you will find our weekly podcast, anime reviews, cosplayer interviews, cosplayer tips and tricks, links to our YouTube page of convention video coverage, links to our Facebook page of cosplay convention coverage, editorials, and so much more at animejamsession.com. And don't forget to fo- take our podcast wherever you go. We are available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can, any app you use for grabbing podcasts. And what's cool is these apps have sections for leaving reviews. So if you can leave a review, we truly appreciate that because y'all the best. And don't forget to follow us on our socials. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. It's all Anime Jam Session. Follow us on those so you know when we're going live, when our replays are going up, new articles, link our Facebook com- cosplay convention coverage, and so much more. Our Zenkai Con convention report will be up in the next week or so, so stand by. And also, I want to let you know that down below is our tip jar. You can click on our Ko-Fi or our stream elements if you want to throw us a few dollars. That's cool. We appreciate that. Uh, you can tip us in bits. We'd love that, too. Uh, subscribe to the channel. We had a couple of subs earlier in the show. We love that. Spread the word. Do all of that. Then some. We really appreciate all of that because we couldn't do the show without you. So now we're going to go around the room. Last words, Ari. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go pass out for a few days. Mm. Last words, Mako-chan. Yeah, an, an eight-hour nap sounds amazing right now. <laughs> Last words, Barry Melon. I am getting into work now as a dream demon, so sleep tight, little buggers. My last words... I got stuff to pack to take to the post office tomorrow, so I'm going to do that right after this show. So that is it. End of list. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. We hope you hope you come hang out with us. We'd appreciate that. So I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Barry Mellon. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. Jamatane, sweet dreams. Coming for you, Barry, that's kind of scary. Let's be real. <laughs> All right. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Perfect. Awesome. We're out of here. See you next week. of Anime
Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!